Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy sweet 16th of February, 2024. It's Friday, baby. Are you at work? Are you heading to work? Are you off playing hooky? Who knows? Who cares? You're here with me. Get all your entertainment news in one place, including the gender of Blake Horseman's baby has been revealed. I think he's pretty much due when we're due. Maybe we'll have some uh, play dates. We've also got Caitlin Bristow laying the law down on Nick Vial and Vial also um, making more headlines with his take on The Bachelor, Joey. Plus, we have some non-Bachelor entertainment news. Twins have been delivered by Hillary, Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank, we'll get to that. Real human twins, folks. We have that story and so much more. Let's jump right into The Bachelor and Love is Blind and All-Star Shore alumni news. Giannina Gabelli and Blake Horseman reveal the baby gender live on Amazon Prime. Have a listen. All right. We're having... Tell us. A boy! We're having a little boy! <laughs> oh, so excited, guys. Little baby Blake. Yeah, little dude. A little dude. <laughs> the horseman name lives on. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. He's made me feel so good. Like, he loves his mama. I can't believe I can say he. I know. We can say he now instead of being like... Baby or it, baby. yeah, yeah, baby H. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those of you that guessed boy, you nailed it. You nailed it. Um, we didn't think no it was going to be a boy. <laughs> Neither. I of thought us. it was a girl yeah. the entire time. Yeah. Literally, we thought I thought it was going to be a girl dad. Like I thought for sure it was going to yeah. be a girl. Very happy for them. I know. I know the feeling. We f- we found out our gender. We did the gender reveal. Uh, you know, a few months back. And I got to tell you, I mean, I'm surprised they waited as long as they waited. It's hard when you go to the doctor and get the ultrasounds to not know. The doctor knows exactly what they're looking at. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe uh, look. I mean, congratulations to them. They're right. The more you learn about your baby, uh, you know, in in your pregnancy, the more it feels real. I mean, I, I tell you, I come home and I. I see my wife now, seven plus months pregnant. And it's just like, you don't, you, you guys know how it is, right? You don't know what day you first noticed she's pregnant or that you were pregnant, but every day goes by and that baby just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And now we can tell what side the baby's head is on. And we're learning about the, the thing, you know, we actually just found one of the only yoga studios in Nashville that is primarily for uh, expecting mothers. And I can't wait. I can't wait to drop my wife off there and hear about it and her new friends she's meeting and all these things it, it's really opens up a new level of humanity having a baby and it's not something i say is for everybody you know some people are like you have to have one it's like no trust me some people don't some people don't uh but i think unconditional love is something you feel in different moments of life when you're maybe dealing with end-of-life care for a relative. Um, you know, we feel it with our 15-year-old Basset Hound who, you know, has been having accidents and can barely use his hind legs sometimes. And, you know, th- you know it's like we feel that unconditional love um, for, you know, for humanity and the will to survive in, in the, and in as silly as it sounds, the creation of life. 
You know, what's the nose going to look like? What's the cheeks? What, what mannerisms will our kid have that's just like my wife or just like me or completely different? These are, uh, I guess, what will be presents will open up every single day. And we're very much looking forward to it. So congratulations to Blake and Giannina. And in other Bachelor news, slapping back is Caitlin Bristow. We'll probably have a video on this today. Posted herself in a black one piece here in Hawaii. Her post read, Aloha to everyone except for people who make fun of my sexuality for likes. Having a libido expert on the podcast soon. DM the podcast page for questions. Of course, this was in reference to Nick Vial, who commented on Jason Tartik's post saying, nothing asexual about this. Of course, making fun of Caitlin Bristow when she opened up about going you know, through her a journey of feeling asexual at the end of her relationship. And, you know, I got to tell you, I've commented on that being like, yeah, it takes some real nerve for someone to make fun of that. And look, this is coming from me. I got the thickest skin as far as a comedian goes. Maybe not if you want to make fun of me. You know, there's certain YouTube comments that do get under my skin. But as a comedian, I understand jokes left and right. But what I don't understand is someone like Nick, who's supposed to be, you know, peers with Caitlin Bristow. They, you know, are probably cordial when they see each other and make a joke that he know is gonna is a dig at Caitlyn in a way you know it's like I don't know very strange and I commented that and people go oh you just have an axe to grind for Nick you just don't like him and it's like well axes to grind don't come out of nowhere they're born through what I believe to be injustice the guy just I seem it almost seems like this we would I don't know if we would ever be friends in real life you know what I mean it just comes, it comes down to like having core philosophical differences, I think. I don't know how else to put it. We'll have, we'll have a story revolving uh, around him and Joey in a minute. But first, we actually have an apology to get to. This is from Jess from Tennessee, the current Bachelor contestant. She said this regarding her outburst she had with Maria on her episode. She said, in regards to Tuesday's episode, it was definitely a hard watch. In the moment, I was upset about losing time on multiple occasions due to drama. Although it's no excuse, I let built-up emotions and anger get the best of me, and I do regret that wholeheartedly. I do not condone bullying, name-calling, etc., and apologies were made immediately. We are watching this back for the first time as well, and it's very hard to see things not play out to their full extent. Please remember there are many conversations during and after filming that only we are aware of. We are more than just characters on your screen. We are humans with real emotions and feelings. Thank you. Uh... That's good. I mean, I just don't know what it's a, I don't know what it's in reference to. Is it in reference to Sydney or is she saying Maria was getting under people's skin? I truthfully don't know. But what we do know is what Lexi has to say regarding the two on one date between Maria and Sydney and her regret for not speaking up. Lexi was on the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast. Here's what she had to say. That day that it was just the three of us, like you could cut the tension with a knife. I mean, you could just tell, like, tensions are high. They're going on a two-on-one. They're fully aware of what that comes with, right? Like, I think the date card that I got, of course me, had to read. It was like, um, one rose, two girls, one stays, one goes. And I was like, I was even just like, I got to go to my room. Like, there's way like, okay, too much. okay, here's the card. Have a good day. Yeah, bye. <laughs> I like tossed that out the window at the hotel. But yeah, it was, it was, um, the, I, I did sit downs with both of them. Both of their, you know, they, they were, they were stressed. Who do if you had to put money on it before they went on that date? Who did you think was coming back? That's a good question. That is a good question. I think based on what I saw, 
I thought Maria and Joey had a stronger connection. I was on both group dates with Maria. I was on one group date with Cindy and she didn't have one the first week. So I just thought I could always tell there was something there between Joey and Maria. Like I tell by the way he looked at her, I think he was intrigued by her personality. Like she's very outgoing. So I kind of thought if it was solely based on connection, Maria was going to come back. We saw when Sydney's suitcase gets pulled, Leia, um, Jess, I'm sure there was a few other people, yeah. but those were the two main ones I remember were very surprised that very surprised. Sydney was going home. Where do you think their shock came from? Do you think it was like wishful thinking or yeah. do you think? <laughs> you know, I think it was uh, rooted in the facts that they have their own perception of this. They're very close to Sydney. They were, you know, when you're on this experience, you form strong relationships because it's so unique. And they were, you know, really good friends with her. And they heard her side of the story and they weren't as close to Maria. So I think it was twofold. I think it was, oh, Maria's still staying. Like they were upset about that. And then I think it was also like, we're losing our friend here. Uh, but that night was hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I've since had a conversation with Maria and apologized to her because I wish I spoke up that night. And it's like, you know, you go through this, everyone has their like regrets. But when she walked in, it was silent. And I wish that I had said like, look, today must've been hard for both of you, but like, I'm proud of you for getting the rose. And like, I, I know Joey made that decision for a reason. She didn't deserve to walk into a silent room. Like that wasn't fair to her. Yeah. There it is, folks. So some hindsight does the body good. Got more content to get to right after the break. We'll probably have a video on this today. Us Weekly reported Nick Fiel thinks people pleaser bachelor Joey is taking the easy way out. Now, let's get through the fluff here. I don't have the audio of this clip, but we'll read it. No one's been sent home outside of a rose ceremony. There's been no traumatic exit, says Nick. No traumatic exit. Not dramatic, traumatic. Joey hasn't sent anyone home outside of the format of the show. Everyone else has gone home on a rose ceremony, Nick continues. You know what? You're not my person. Nick noted it's hard to recognize there isn't a fit with a contestant and break up with them on the spot, but he feels it's more authentic and said it's something he tried to do as a season 21 lead. To me, that's just Joey, the people pleaser, wanting to be kind of nice. It comes across as super nice. It very much does, but it's less authentic. Very fascinating stuff there. We'll probably go into this more on YouTube today, but Joey being kind is now not authentic. It's like, Nick, I don't think he realizes you don't have to be a dick. Being a dick's not always authentic. It feels like uh, it feels like maybe Nick doesn't know any other way. Now, I've had this story for a few days. We didn't share because of the shooting yesterday. It just didn't feel right to poke fun at this story. But Florida deputy mistakes an acorn for shots fired overreaction on body cam. I'm not going to share the footage with you, but it's pretty wild. If anyone's ever had an acorn fall on your car, maybe you can relate. A Florida sheriff's deputy is looking more like a cartoonish cop from Reno 911 on body cam footage of him mistaking an acorn hitting his patrol car for bullets, prompting him to open fire on the vehicle. The video, which was just released, shows Okaloosa County deputy Jesse Hernandez on the job detaining a guy back in November for allegedly sending threatening texts. Hernandez and his partner cuffed the man and put him in the back of the patrol car. All seemed to be going well until Hernandez appeared to hear 
what he perceived as a shot being fired, which catapulted him into a frantic drop and roll as he drew his weapon and started firing multiple shots at his car. Hernandez seemed to unload his entire clip. And remember, 22-year-old Marquise Jackson was helplessly sitting inside the patrol car, unarmed and completely restrained. Yet Hernandez clearly thought Jackson had shot at him from inside. So people, of course, had a field day with this, leaving comments saying, oh, a cop's having a shootout with a squirrel. Either way, glad it seems no one was injured because that could have been deadly. Um, well, we've got a Michael Jackson biopic, and I tell you what, I will be watching this, absolutely. Nephew Jafar in full costume, <coughs> excuse me, on biopic set, looking like the king of pop. So this is pretty wild. You don't hear of this too often. Michael Jackson's own nephew will be portraying the king of pop in the upcoming Michael Jackson biopic. He's the spitting image of his late uncle, at least before the skin issues and all of that. I don't really want to get into the evolution of Michael, but there are several varieties. Either way, um, I don't know if it says when this is coming out, but if they're filming it right now, it could be a long time. Uh, but that will be an interesting movie regardless. All right, we do have some information coming out we wanted to follow up with regarding the shooting that took place at the Kansas City Chiefs Parade. Kansas City Parade shooting gunmen sprayed bullets in a circle, a gunshot victim recalls. Uh, TMZ spoke with this victim named Jason Jacob Gooch Sr., a Chiefs fan from Kansas who was among the 23 people struck by gunfire. Here's what he had to say. Can you tell us a little bit about the injuries and how you guys are, are dealing with them right now? The injuries, so I ended up getting shot directly in the side of my ankle. Suffered a, a couple of broken bones from uh, on my metatorsal bones. My son got shot in his foot, in the very bottom of his foot. The bullet is uh, currently still lodged in between bones in his foot and then uh emily got shot in her leg and it went straight through on the bottom right side of her calf can you kind of recount what you saw and heard right before the shooting when we were walking out uh there was this lady pushing this i guess group of people back toward the left of us saying uh you know not now this isn't the place or something like that and then that was right before pop, 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 all the gunshots started going off. First, I'm thinking it's fireworks. So as the popping started happening, I'm looking at the ground for the fireworks. And, you know, I can remember feeling dust, dirt flying up at me. And then, you know, people are rushing me all at the same time. And I felt the hit. And thinking that it was fireworks, I looked down and, you know, I saw smoke coming out of my ankle man i mean that video you guys just showed on that clip i hadn't seen that just wild stuff to hear him recount what it was like real tragic stuff and in other news at the kansas city parade a chiefs fan tackled the armed suspect and here's what they had to say his name is paul Contreras. He's the person on the video tackling one of the people who got detained. He's being hailed as a hero. Here are his words. Tell us what you saw that led you to chase this guy um, and take him down. Well, there's a gentleman over here on the other side on the bridge, and he's screaming out loud, tackle this guy, grab this guy. You know, get this guy, and he's coming in the wrong direction as everybody's leaving. So I didn't even have – there was no time to think. I had a perfect angle on him, and I did what I did. I tackled him from behind, 
And as I'm tackling him, I either hit the gun out of his hand or it fell out of his sleeve or jacket, whatever. Because as I'm taking him down, I see the gun on the ground. Did you know at the moment when you started going after him that this person, what they were wanted for or that they were possibly armed? No, I had no idea until I was taking him down. I seen a gun go to the ground. So right then there told me he's got one gun. He may have another gun because it was a pretty, it was a big bulky jacket he had on. Police have uh, detained three people. Um, this person seems highly relevant and the police have even talked about this particular person that was taken down. So can you describe age, um, what he looked like, if there's, everybody is kind of wondering, getting a sense of who this guy is. I can't really describe him because when I took him down, I took him face down and his hood came onto his head. So I'm on top of him and he's face down and he's fighting for his life to get up and I'm fighting for my, I'm fighting to keep him down. So I can't really describe what he looked like at all. I want to say he was fairly young. It's just wild stuff, folks. It's wild in today's world to have these firsthand accounts of this sad tragedy. But this hero, nonetheless, Paul Contreras, I'm sure we will see in some form of, you know, celebration. You hate, I mean, how do you even say celebration, right? Because it was obviously a tragedy, but it's the heroes that helped tackle uh, these um these gunmen are, you know, uh, you know, maybe, and maybe they were escaping from who, who the hell knows the motive or what was going down, but absolute wild stuff there. And um, there is one more aspect of the Super Bowl that will probably be one of our last stories we cover with it. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift donate a signed Kansas City Chiefs jersey to charity. Uh, of course, what we know is Taylor Swift wasn't at the parade. She was already touching down in Australia to continue her tour. But they have teamed up for a charity gift of a lifetime. Kansas City Chiefs tight ends jersey signed by both the player himself and his pop superstar girlfriend. The couple donated the highly coveted item to the Gelf Wish Fund for Children, a charity serving children under the age of 19 who are living with significant illness in Guelph or Wellington County in Ontario, Canada, with the item to go up for auction on Saturday. I'm sure that will fetch a big dollar. All right, I got a couple more stories. We're going to end this week on a good note. I promise you that. We'll be back right after this. All right, a stingray in North Carolina is in the news. A tank with two bamboo sharks named Larry and Moe and a stingray named Charlotte. You're not going to believe this story. Have a listen. Tank with two bamboo sharks named Larry and Moe and a stingray <laughs> named Charlotte. The mystery is somehow Charlotte, the stingray, is pregnant. Uh oh. So one of two things that has happened. Uh oh. Either Charlotte is pregnant because of a spontaneous birth with a clone of the mother, which is possible but extremely rare. Yes. Or Larry and Moe, the sharks, somehow or another have created a crossbreed baby that will be born sometime this week. A stingray shark baby? A stingray, a stingray shark baby, yes. I'm going to go with Larry or Moe. Uh, well, so, so this is, <laughs> you may be right, because apparently, according to this article here where I learned everything, uh, bite marks are, are part of the mating process for sharks, also for some humans, but for oh, sharks. Whoa. That's like uh, shades of gray. And, and Charlotte has little shark bites on her, suggesting there might have been some mixing it up with Larry and Moe. So we don't know what happened. My, my theory is the stingray named Charlotte maybe did a dating contract with Larry and Moe and said, if you date me with intention for a week in this here uh, aquarium, I will 
have the kid. Maybe that's what happened. We don't really know. I swear there's more news here, not just uh, the only uh, pair of twins coming out. Hillary Swank details uh, her more fun and more exhausting life as a new mom to twins. Here she was on Jimmy Fallon's The Tonight Show. Being here. Thank you for having me. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Come on. Uh, I just uh, met your husband backstage. Yes. Congrats on your, your, your baby twins. Yes. I mean... Valentine's. They are the cutest babies Baby, ever. Yes. Uh, how's how's life with the ten-month-old uh, twins? The best in the whole wide world. It it's, is right. Yes, it's it's like it's more joy and mm -hmm. more fun and more exhausting and more. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's just kind of, more of everything. It's more everything than. Yeah, I'm not trying to do the math or judge anyone, but Hillary Swank is 49 years old. I mean, that's got to be a lot having twins. I can imagine it's a lot just being 49. Now, I'm kidding anyone out there. I'm 38, but 38 feels like I'm having a kid. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be exhausting. Well, imagine her. I mean, you know, she's an A-list actress though, so her being 49, you know, I'm sure she'll have some assistance there, uh, you know, and all of that, but very interesting stuff to get to today. Our final story, Bradley Cooper's 33-acre, $6.5 million Pennsylvania farmhouse near Gigi Hadid's estate is in the news. Um, he just snapped it up. You know, you know how it is when you have your city home, but you don't have like a country 33-acre plot to go to. I don't even consider a country home under 30 acres. Well, page six exclusively, exclusively revealed in December that the maestro, 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 maestro actor purchased the lavish farmhouse situated close to Gigi's mom, Yolanda, for $4 million. Oh, no, she, the, uh, Gigi's mom, Yolanda, has a $4 million horse farm. All right, aren't they just killing it here with a 33-acre and then a $4 million? His sprawling mansion, which was built in 1704, has undergone several renovations over the years, resulting in a vintage home with a modern feel. All right, that's the life, folks. He's a great actor. I guess when you're a great actor, you make that kind of money. I tell you what, I appreciate you guys sticking around with me this week. You know it's been a pretty crazy week for me, from my court case being dismissed to all of this, these other crazy things going on. You can probably hear it in my voice. I've simply lost my voice. I've been doing a new stand-up bit that has me yelling a lot, and doing all of this content, I don't know if I'm going to make it till the weekend. Sunday night, I will be headlining a show in Clarksville, Tennessee. I don't know where that is. I think it's near Nashville. But if you want to come laugh, it's a, a post-Valentine's Day couples-themed stand-up show. I'll have more information about that on my Instagram if y'all want to come. I'm going to try to have a hot toddy and get my voice back for then. I do have a uh, uh, Driving with Dave for you this weekend with a comedian friend of mine. If you want some inspiration from people that are in the middle of the grind, then you're going to love that conversation. I do really appreciate everyone. Oh, you know what? No, this is the morning episode. We still have an, I still have an afternoon episode. Oh, pray for me that the week's not over here. I was getting all sentimental. Listen, enjoy your day. Have a diet uh, Coke or a ice cold, cold brew coffee on the house. And we'll see you this afternoon for another episode of Bachelor Rush Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush. 